Greetings. You're listening to the Match Mary Mate Show, where Black women learn how to get their love lives together. Here I guide you on your dating and relationship journey, empower you with feminine presence, power, and charm, teach you how to navigate and negotiate your needs and desires with men. I'm your host, your girl, Joyce Robinson Myers, and welcome to another episode, Love Bugs. Remember, this season is titled Experiences, and we're journeying through various events on a dating relationship and marriage trajectory. This season, we're tapping into our solar plexus, which invites us to set intentions in the power of I do. And I've designed season three to help you unlock your personal power and build a stronger sense of self with seven select stories I've curated for you. This is our sixth story of the season. Our last three stories focused on differing aspects of female love lives and womanhood with episode 17 covering dry spells and female power, episode 18 discussing relationship gems and transformations and also episode 19 with a heartwarming story about healing and relationships but we're going to move beyond dating and relationships in this episode and into marriage you're listening to episode 20 of our regular season titled their new marriage i want you to have access to today's interview questions and some of this couple's worthy words. So I designed an episode guide for you. Be sure to download it. Stay tuned at the end of the show for more details about the next episode coming. First, let's begin with the power of affirmation. We start every episode with an affirmation as a way to center self, listen to the body, and honor our spirit. Ask yourself, how are you today? What moods, feelings, or emotions come up? Use that energy to speak life, wholeness, and healing over yourself using the power of your own voice. Speak it into existence with an I or I feel. I do what is right for me. I do my best to honor my marriage. I do all things in alignment with my faith. Welcome, welcome again. Hey, do you all remember Shanice from season two? Well, she's back in the studio with me today with her husband, Rashad, to give us a married folk update with some highlights to Muslim marriage. Now, today's show is gonna open up just where Shanice and I finished our girl talk from season two. As you'll recall, Shanice was in the heart of learning, practicing, and adopting her vulnerability skills, femininity lessons, and applying them best in conversation with her then fiance. She married that man, y'all, so we're also going to hear from him later too. This episode is a great episode to tune your ear to Shanice's application and glean what you can from her. She drops so many gems, but they are more caught than taught. So you have to be ready 
to receive. We do not claim perfection, nor do we expect that out of our partners or our husbands. So you're gonna hear some mistakes, but Shanice does a great job of self-correcting and holding herself accountable, usually before her husband even needs to say anything about it. And she reports on how much more satisfied she is as a result, including how much more her husband receives her, even before he officially stepped into that role, how much more safe she feels, and how much more connected she feels to him, and how that relationship quality and intimacy improves. And you all know I am all about that. So again, a very good episode for you to tune into. Now, I'm trying to tell you, ladies, a little vulnerability, femininity, and emotional maturity goes a long way in your relationships with good men. And you'll hear her husband speak on this too. From my chat with Shanice, I only wanna bring one topic to your attention now. You'll hear her say, I had to speak to my husband, dot, dot, dot. And actually we worked on that before Rashad became her husband, because you have to. So much of marriage is about prevention over intervention. You want to prepare yourself for what you will need before you fully need it as best you can. If you speak to a grown man like he owes you something, like he's beneath you, like he's an idiot, or like he's a child, you probably won't experience the fullness of what he has to offer or the fullness of who he is as a man because those behaviors are defeating. Part of our role as women and wives in our men's lives is to inspire. And if you use that energy to defeat or insult, you're working against yourself if what you truly desire is real connection and intimacy with an available man. Now, there is no shame in needing to learn this skill, no matter your age, but if you know you need it, help yourself. In segment two, picking up my interview with Shanice and Rashad, I more or less ask him the same questions that I asked her. So we'll be gaining the male perspective from the seat of a husband. And we're listening for how he receives and responds to his wife, not just who she is as his wife, but who she is as Shanice, the person and the woman. And I love that he naturally distinguishes between the two when describing her because it speaks to the fact that he values her just as he values her being married to him. This matters to me because I work so hard to make sure my clients, often black women, are choosing men who respect and value women and who also value black women specifically. You're gonna hear me interject between Rashad and I to offer any black woman listening some free game on how to position yourself with men and how to approach them if you want a healthy and sustainable relationship, especially one with black men. So I'm gonna interject at five points. The first, because this man gives really good vibes <laughs> on the love that he has for black people. The second, the value of a woman having her listening ears on. The third, the notion of black women as unapproachable or uninviting. The fourth, the desire of men to have feminine support. And number five, or the fifth, the relational benefit to a woman processing her emotions and being feminine on purpose. Now, all of those points I've already explained to you 
in this season. You've heard it from Lori and Temka and Kaidi and a little bit even from Dana. But in this episode, you're going to hear the culmination of it as all of those skills combined worked itself, not just to get Shanice to the altar, so to speak. She didn't have a Christian wedding, so maybe altar isn't the right word, but also how it has landed in her marriage and the impact it has had on both of them as spouses. I hope you enjoy the show. I'm earning my PhD in this work to be in the best position to support my community. Also, studies show that with proper relationship education, we can produce smarter, safer, and happier romantic decisions that improves the quality of our relationships and families as we match, marry, and mate. Because why y'all? Black love matters, and we're in much need of some Black family restoration. If I could say your husband had a superpower, a relationship superpower, at least with you, Mm -hmm. That's the only one, only relationship I've observed him in. (laughs) But at least with you, it is when he is seeking to redirect, reframe, maybe even repair based on your feedback, right? Based on you saying, I know I'm not that good in this area and I need you just to call it to my attention so I can be better. Girl, he'd be treating you better than you would. (laughs) Right. Right. I'd be like, come on, sir. Yes. <laughs> so before we transition to how you're adjusting to a new marriage, I would just like for you to tell us a story. Choose anyone you want. I know several <laughs> where you specifically took the beat that I often tell you all to take. Just take the beat. As soon as you feel that trigger, as soon as you feel that pull, as soon as you feel like who he's talking to, (laughs) take that beat. And with that energy, see if you can lean more feminine than that. My mom calls it the sister girl, right? Then that sister girl wanting to come out. You want to read somebody they write or jump to conclusions and be all over the place, whatever it could be. I'm like, when you feel that, you know what that inner sister girl feels like. Take your beat and lean into the fact that you are a woman and you have a request or a plea or a complaint or a cry or a need that is going to a man, a man who you say you respect and love and admire and a man who essentially you want to do something about it. You want a response with whatever this is. So take that beat and then say what you have to say. If you even decide something should be said at all, Give us a story because you, I would definitely have to say you are the queen at this. I know it doesn't come natural and you had to learn it. But when you take your time to be like, oh, there go that sister girl feeling, let me find my beat. You create beautiful energy and intimacy in your relationship every time you choose that option. And obviously the intimacy and the energy is also in how he chooses to respond. So I'm not cutting him out. I'm just praising you because it starts with you being able to go, let me lean into feminine. Just give us any story you want. My favorite story is probably the one where I, on my own, without reaching out to you, was able to kind of channel it. And it was actually when we were in North Carolina and we had rented a car and um, we had purchased like the gas before so you can bring it back, you know, on empty. And we were in the car on our way to take it back. And 
I felt like we was just real close. We was pushing it like, <laughs> oh, my goodness, how are we going to make it? I'm, I'm low-key kind of freaking out. And then I asked, I was like, are you, are you going to get gas? <laughs> and he was like, no, nah, I think we can make it. He was like, what do you think? And so I don't get like an attitude. I kind of get sarc- sarcastic. And I was like, well, I ain't pushing. <laughs> And and he just kind of looked at me and I was like, wait, that, that's not the right response. And mm-hmm. I, I think I even said to him, I was like, hold on, can I take that back? Yes. And I, like, and, and I, and I changed it to, to be honest, you know, it, it's a 30 minute ride. And I would, I think I said like, I would be afraid or I, um, I would be on eggshells the whole time. Right. If we don't get gas. And he took a beat and he thought about it and he looked at me and he was like, I don't want to be the reason that you are upset or anxious. And so we pulled over and got gas. Look at that. I know. And that I think that was your first time that you did it all by yourself. Yes, right. Yeah. And I was like, I was, while he was pumping the gas, I was like, Joyce. <laughs> I got your sister. You was like, oh, I didn't did it. I didn't made it now, mama. <laughs> I love that, right? Because it's so easy to be, it is so easy to be sarcastic. It is so easy to have an attitude, even though that's not your base form. It is just so easy to be dismissive. If you have a man who cares about you and loves you, I want to say that if you have a man who cares about you and loves you, because I wouldn't give that energy to a man. I'm not completely sold out on the fact that he loves me and cares about me. But if that is true, mm-hmm. all you have to do is lead with your needs and desires. They will naturally want to to cover that. They don't want to see you upset. They don't want to see you, you know, anxious or confused or nervous or anything. One of my favorite things about most men and definitely um, many black men provide, protect, please mm-hmm. provide, protect, please. Mm-hmm. Right. And I know you don't have sons, but I do. So trust me on this. These boys come out the womb wanting to please their mama. Right. And if a, if their mother nurtures that in a particular way, they carry that over into their relationships. Now, not unto being a fool, but mm-hmm. just having that. I just I just want to please you. Right. So please protect and provide. So when you have a need, especially when it's him kind of causing it. Right. So I love that you did not penalize him and i know we've had to work on that too you didn't penalize him for just being either who he is or for just doing the things that men do Mm -hmm. right like i meet so many women who are like that i'm like yeah but he was manning like that's what a man you want him to be something other than a man Mm -hmm. you know because that is men are way more risky than we are yes it was giving him a thrill to be like let me let me scoot this on up right at 30 (laughs) right on e I think it was giving him an internal thrill because, you know, the adrenaline and blah, blah, blah. but it was also giving him a financial thrill because I ain't about to give you no more money. Watch this, (laughs) you know, but that's just not the way that women process those events. So you like, baby, this is like a thrill to you. And I'm over here on eggshells. Right. He just naturally leaned into your need, right? Wanting to please, wanting to protect, wanting to provide for you. And homeboy pulled over and got $5 of gas. 
those types of I actually don't know how much gas he got, but that's what I imagine he did because I know how black men are and already pay for the gas. Right. Probably, yeah. Pretty <laughs> those are events, those be the little foxes that spoil the grapevine. Those be we had a good trip. When we were in North Carolina, you did the retreat. You all high on feminine energy and hanging out with all the women and the sacred sisterhood things that we did. He got to spend time with his mother, bond mm-hmm. and connect there. Everybody's feeling good. Y'all had missed each other in the four days you were away. And you were like, I'm I'm really, I'm really looking forward to seeing him, him picking me up. You was getting all mushy. I'm like, oh, Shawnee's get mushy? <laughs> Who is this woman? <laughs> right? You all are in that. And something just like that would have took away all of the intimacy, yeah. right? That was created. Mm-hmm. I say that all the time, women set the temperature. And when you realize that you see your power, you like, oh, I can completely change this whole atmosphere, but mm-hmm. unto good, right? Unto kindness. And I just love that. So I love all of your stories like that, but that one might, that one might be, no, the one at the retreat is my favorite, but that one's next. <laughs> first time doing it by yourself (laughs) what are the goals what are the milestones what are the ways you want to feel before you decide yes I'm going to be wife and I also had women do that before they decide yes they're going to be committed and into the relationship and one of the things on your list was I want to have evidence that by some way that I have moved inspired him or evoked a certain emotion out of him and that was the exercise that we did at the retreat. Yeah. And you were looking at me like, I don't want to do this because it ain't, he going to respond like this. I'm, I'm putting myself out there. And if he don't respond the way that I want him to respond, and, and I really don't have that much confidence that he going to respond the way you think he is anyway. I'm like, girl, just trust me. Masculine and feminine are energies. They go together. If you do this, this person will do that, especially if they already love, love you and care about you, which of course he does. And you got that response back. That was the first time we ever seen Shanice cry, y'all, because she be she be a little baby thug on the outside. <laughs> My daddy raised me. <laughs> right? <laughs> like, I was like, who crying? Uh-uh. <laughs> um, she was so tearful and so moved that she had the capacity to inspire him, to evoke a certain emotion out of him and that she had did it, that she saw evidence of it. And when she had that, she was like, now I need to know I can do that again, but okay, I'm ready to get married. (laughs) (laughs) I love y'all and all, but uh, can I go now? Can I go now, right? (laughs) You were so ready to go. You, the next morning you was like, I actually miss him. I was like, no, you and your feels from that exercise last night. So that exercise and that retreat was in December. And you got married when? So tell us when you got married. What was the what was the celebration like? How are you adjusting? All the things. So I ended up getting married in April um, <laughs> on the twenty first. It was uh, the month of Ramadan that we decided uh, to get married. Actually, like actually do it. Um, right. It was beautiful. His um, family ended up uh, joining through Zoom and. One thing that I knew I wanted was a family who accepted me and and wanted me to be a part of their family as well. And they all showed up and they were so supportive, so loving, um, so excited. So I love that. Um, for for the people listening, when you get married, you do not just marry a man. 
You do not just marry a woman. You know, you marry into their ideals, their traditions, their customs, their family. And so it is so important that you understand that, whatever those dynamics are, and that you feel the way you want to feel about them and within them. If it's inclusion, inclusion. If it's support, support, whatever it is that you want. Um, love that for you, Shanice. That was a big thing for me. You know, we both we both have had some husbands, as my mama liked to say. <laughs> right. Um, and I didn't know to have that mm -hmm. before, right. right? I just thought it's me and him against the world. Right. But no, no, girl. That's that sound like a foolish woman talking, like or a young one. I'm like, yeah, yes, young. You, you 22 yes. sounding like that, <laughs> right? I'll get my mama. And now, or then, you know, my what 34, 35 year old self. I was like, where your mama in the mat? Let yes. me meet them. I want to make sure people they don't have to like me, be my best friend, but respect me, respect the position that I hold in your life, respect the choice that you're making and choosing me, you know, want me to be around just even if it's just by sheer fact that this is Jeremiah's wife, right? Um, because I am okay with relationship starting and just the respect of the role and the title. I'm okay with that. What I'm not okay with is how how you calling yourself somebody's mama or a cousin or a sister and you don't even respect that this man put like your son put me in this position i didn't wake up like this you know when i was in north carolina you know and that was my first time meeting his mom in person and um she it was her birthday too which is why rashad went as well and that lady made me cakes for her birthday and I was like, okay. And then the day before we left, she sat me down, we were talking. And she said to me, she's like, well, all right, I'm gonna go to sleep. She's like, but I just wanna let you know, I would love to have you as a daughter-in-law. First of all, ma'am, you're not about to do this. You're not about to make me cry. <laughs> like, not you making me cry before we go to bed. <laughs> but it may seem small, but a huge deal. Yeah, it matters. Yeah, and then even after we got married, like I think maybe a week later, she called and she's like, I just want to check up on you and see how you're doing. How's my son doing? How's he treating you? How's he treating you? Yes. I just I, like, how you know your son? All right. I love when my mother in love, that's what I call her. Yeah. I love when my mother in love um checks in on me like that. Right. right. It, she will do it even via text or on the phone, but she makes a point to do it in person. When yes. we are around, like she waits. I don't know how she does it. She has like this sneaky mother in love sense. I'm like, I need to be like you when I grow up in terms of being a mother to male children. She yes. has this sense where she will just like find the right spot and move me to a side. And it's almost like she's saying, blink three times if you need help. <laughs> blink twice if he's not acting right. You know, like she just knows how to ask the question. She just does that check in with me. Yes. And even though she doesn't believe, She's not asking the question, believing that he's doing anything. She thinks that her her son is amazing and she says it, but she's like, just because I believe he's amazing or just because he's an amazing son does mm. not necessarily mean he is an amazing husband. Shout out to your mother in love because we had to drop you off at the house after yes. the retreat. And yes. she was so hospitable. I guess that's that Southern charm, of course. And she had cakes for us too. Yeah. <laughs> and it was a whole car full. 
me, Sophia, Alexandra, and she was like, come on in, have cakes. And y'all, that was some of the best. I'm not a cake person, mm -hmm. but she didn't make it like a traditional cake. Like she had her own little spin on it and it was delicious. So we definitely recruited her. You know, Rashad's mama, if you listening, <laughs> we recruited you to be the, you know, the pit stop on the way back when we leave the retreat in Asheville. And we we want some, we want some cakes, ma'am. <laughs> All right. So tell us, how are you enjoying being a wife? You know, I love it. There's definitely this sense of just safety that comes just from being a wife. Yes. Um, you know, in being married to this one. <laughs> Look at your blushing. You know, it's just even the hard times aren't that hard because, you know, he, he could be wrong as wrong as wrong. Right. Um, but he's gonna come back and he will apologize. I did not realize until just recently that men don't apologize. Girl. <laughs> They say that we don't, so I don't know if that's a thing. <laughs> but, you know, like, um, I have a couple of girlfriends now. They're like, he just won't apologize. And I was like, he won't? Well, your man don't? Your man don't apologize? <laughs> oh, that's, I, girl, I can't relate. <laughs> <laughs> but, um, yeah, you know, and, and it's it's so great to know that you have someone who you're tackling the issue and not each other. We're just you're growing together. You know, we're both in this relationship. We made it what it was. And we're like, oh, you know, I would love to change this a little bit about our relationship. And, you know, just having someone to tag team things with. It's, yeah. it's really great. We made it what it is. Yes. I love that because I love teaching women how to design the relationships you want to be in. You don't have to sit back and let it happen to you. You know, be active about how you want to feel, where you want to go, how you want things to look like, all the things. Um, since me and April, we've transitioned your services from just like preparation and readiness and hard body, feminine and masculine. We're still doing some of that work, but like the heart, the core of it to what I like to call wife school. So tell us what are some things you're learning in wife school and how is it benefiting you either as a woman, as a wife or just your marriage overall? I'm definitely learning. Yeah, you know, the logistics, of course, like making sure that everything that needed to be in place is in place, but also just how to speak to my husband. Mm. Um, you know, not I'm speaking life into him and being inspirational to him. Also, he doesn't necessarily need this reminder, but I do that I'm a soft person. Treat me softly. Yes. You know, and so... You know, I, I can come off as kind of like hard and let's get this done. But it's like, well, girl, you know, soften it up a little bit. Yeah. Be how you want to be received. Exactly. Yeah. You are learning that. I'll give you that. I love that you started with the logistics because, you know, I'm that girl. I'd be like, all right, wait a minute now. Relationships <laughs> are a series of systems. Yeah. Let's get this logistical one down first. How does money flowing? Who doing this in the house? what's going to be you know you all are muslim so that was that part was easy mm -hmm. who's going to be the guy what are we submitting to what days are important and then once we have that frame out now what energy do you want to flow throughout this good structure that you all have put together and 
I, I mean, I had no clue how you would answer the question, but I love what you said, learning how to speak to him, being inspirational. And a lot of Black women come off like this. You know, you all, you know, you are, you this, you that. And then when a man responds to you that way, you know, you want to cry. And there are, um, there's this meme that goes around. And, you know, I understand the culture. So if we're just going to joke about the fact that it happens, that's cool. But we can't laugh or joke um, about the fact that that it is a problem. I mean, it's like, sis, you can't be a thug, a crybaby, you know, and something else all at the same time. And I see a lot of Black women sharing it and resharing it. And they're like, yes, I can. And I'm like, "Mm, actually, not probably in you having the kind of man you actually want to have. Right? Not, Not that. So men respond to their environment. Hunter gatherers. They are designed like that. They are designed to protect, to defend, to do. If you come at them, like they got to bounce back at you or be like, whoa, you you put their spidey senses up. Right. You're going to be dealt with in a way that might not feel good. Right. Even though that's how you are presenting. So I absolutely love, yes, that was, that's definitely a good wife school lesson for you. I love that you said that, like, I have to be conscious of how I want to be received by men in general, but specifically my own husband. And I have to make sure that I I give womanliness because I want to be received as a woman. You said you're soft. You know, I like to say, I'm a flower. Talk to me nice. Okay, so give us some insight into Muslim marriage, just in case. And I have a good number of Muslim clients. You're the first one who has made the transition to wife. And I would just love for people who might be interested in just what it looks like outside of their own faith or Muslim faith in general, or my Muslim clients, give us some insight. Well, you know, it's it's a different way of, of living. Um, you know, there are some things in place that you just have to do. Like there's, there's we call them duas, but they're prayers that you do, you know, to um, initiate, consummate, whatever. Um, And I I do love that Islam in itself just kind of, it's like, okay, you a man is what you need to do. You a woman, this is what you need to do. But there's also the overlap of you are each other's covering. Mm -hmm. And, you know, make sure that you are the covering that your partner needs during whatever storm they're going through. Mm. And so we're, we're both learning. This is his first marriage this is my first marriage as a Muslim right. you know there's a learning curve but again I love that I don't there's almost no way I could see myself not almost there is no way that I could see myself learning with anybody else mm-hmm. um, he he just makes it so easy <laughs> you know and so I love that for us <laughs> I love your face as you tell that I had to learn what a dua was um, for those listening. It doesn't matter to me what you believe. I just need to understand it enough to hold you to it and to help you through it. So I had to learn dua. And when this girl told me, <laughs> we got a whole prayer for confirmation. I was like, oh, <laughs> let's go ahead and design this confirmation act. <laughs> I don't want you to tell your business or put your sex in the street. We are ladies of decorum and discretion. But maybe give us one word or one sentence 
because we put that together and I'm kind of proud of myself. We put the consummation and the prayer, all of that stuff together for you all to have your first um, experience as man and wife. And girl, what did he say back? What was his feedback? Oh, um, <laughs> um, long story short, it was the best experience. <laughs> you know, to be honest, like I give that to God because yeah, it was nothing. I wasn't doing no backflips or nothing. You know, it's just no, but that's the thing, right? It wasn't, it doesn't have to be performative. That's what I wanted you to get. Like how you consummate, we know how I feel, how you build a house is how it stands. And so when you are in the transition and in the thresholds of things, I care so much that you set it up the way that you want it to be. And it didn't need to be performative because, you know, this isn't porn. This is marriage. <laughs> it right. just needed to be intentional. It needed to be special. I wanted it to be godly, like honoring your faith and how you all view Allah and what those prayers mean to you. And I wanted it to be pleasurable, right? Mm -hmm. And so, you know, we found the things. We can't, we can't be out here giving uh, <laughs> the stuff, the secrets that make your husband's toes curl, but... <laughs> We did, like we took inventory of like, who is this as a man? What would he enjoy? Um, and, and how do you wanna enjoy him and get feedback from him on how he wants to enjoy you and what you would enjoy. And we're gonna put that together and make us a little consummation baby because I want this um, sexual experience, first time as man and wife to be for the history books. Right. And when we had our first session post and you were like, girl, he said that was the best sex of his life. I was like, come on, Shawnee, <laughs> way to be a wife. <laughs> oh, that just blessed me so much. I would love for you to just talk about your experience bridging the relationship between you and your girls mm -hmm. and your relationship with your husband for a full family unit. What work did you have to do? What does that look like? Any tips or advice you have? Have at it. Yeah, well, <laughs> so I didn't want my girls to feel like they were losing their mom or like <laughs> my youngest, uh, Avery. Uh, she She's at the age where she just says whatever comes to mind, which is, it's <laughs> kind of cute kind of oh okay <laughs> and so Avery you know the very first thing she asked when we um told her we were getting married she was like where where's he gonna sleep when it's my time to sleep with mommy <laughs> and I was like well okay <laughs> um but I actually got this idea from from you because I feel like you are very intentional when it comes to parenting and um, I, I realized that my parents weren't like one post that you had on Facebook was about how you were um, having your son to memorize his social security number. And I was like, dang, I had to memorize mine by filling out 50 applications for work, mm. you know, and I, I even asked Rashad, I was like, Rashad, how did you, how did you memorize your social? <laughs> and he was like, I think when I was filling out applications for work, <laughs> like, I don't know if that's just the rite of passage or what, but I, I, I'm low-key waiting on you to drop like a parenting course because <laughs> like what am I missing you know my my oldest she's turning 11 and you know she's having the changes and being intentional about how I parent them especially this summer knowing that they felt 
like they were possibly going to lose their mother. So instead of putting them in camp or sending them to visit family, whatever, I'm just spending as much time with them as I possibly can. We have mm -hmm. gone zip lining, navigating that, just making sure that they feel comfortable. I'm just doing the little games and, and bonding experiences right now um, so that they know that, yes, he's here, but I'm still here as well. So exactly. The bonding. I love that. That's where we started too. I'd be happy to um, interview you a year from now and see all the things you've learned as uh, a family bridging mm -hmm. things together. So I, I see blending as this partner came with their children, this partner came with their children, and they're blending that together, right, for a full family unit. I see bridging as one partner is bringing their children, the other one not. And now you have to like connect these pieces, let's call it three pieces, you and your girls to this one source. Mm. Um, and I do believe that bridging is different than blending. So Shanice, are you ready to enter the sacred sisterhood circle with me? Yes. <laughs> the sacred sisterhood circle is a quick but intimate round of prompts that I'll feed you You'll simply reply with the closest truth in your heart at the moment. You ready? I hope so. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> What's your favorite word to describe Black women? Resilience. What's one affirming quality about Black men that you want them to know? Strong. What's one of your personal or feminine superpowers? Intuition. At Match Mary Mate, we approach life and its events joyfully. Tell us one hard thing that's happened recently that you have joyfully reframed. Marriage. <laughs> marriage be hard, as Kev said. <laughs> marriage be hard. Shout out to Kev on the stage. Speak to a younger Black woman in this moment and gift her with one thing you wish you knew or realized 10 years ago. Define your life based off of your needs, not off of societies. And last but not least, what's the best advice you've ever received as a woman? To love yourself. I love it. Thanks for sitting with me today, Shani. You're welcome. Thank you. <laughs>
being being the person who has experience and witness the work and not the person having the work you know done on them so to speak what were some important qualities that mattered to you in finding a wife having an open mind uh, being uh, not uh, being a kind person um and also having some sort of love for themselves as a black person and therefore a love for black people in general. Let's pause love bugs so I can interject lesson number one here. One trend that I'm noticing is that when individuals have their own cultural pride, they tend to see each other as people, as human beings, and not as sources by which they can get. Now you all already heard my soapbox in episode 16 with Dana and I, so I'm gonna leave that there. But I do want to add that it appears to be that when Black men value Black women as Black women, they love them better. I don't want to spoil any fun, but please listen out to Rashad's answer when I ask him, what is it like being married to a Black woman? Again, when I think of Black people as a collective group, the first three things that come to mind, spiritual, familial, communal, and Shanice and Rashad do not disappoint. All right, let's return back to me and Rashad's talk. How did Shanice measure up to that? And when did you know? Um, I can tell that she had, um, you know, a, a strong self-identity um, and, and cared about uh, Black people, cared about how she represented herself as a Black woman to the world. Um, I could tell that she was open-minded and she would listen to me, you know, talk and talk and jabber on, <laughs> allow me to, to just speak my mind kind of and not, um, and just to kind of accept it, which let me know that this person was uh, open to receive, whether she agreed with everything or not, or what it was, she was just listening and receiving and then did her own process of uh, elimination of what was, took, took what was good and left what wasn't. Okay, love bugs, let's pause once more for lesson number two. I'll likely publish more on this idea, but for now, I leave you with what the older women of my family have taught me about experiencing men, namely my mother's Nana and my mother herself. So knowing how to listen to men, and of course, I mean men who have already earned this position, if you need some support with what does it mean, this earned position, I want to point you in the direction of the season two bonus. Jeremiah explained it in good detail there. I also had a conversation about it with Alexandra in season two. It's the episode that is titled The Power of Your No, De Declining Exclusivity, if you need support with that earned position. So, I'm definitely talking about men who have earned the position here. And this is a great lesson that you can learn as a woman. So Shanice and I definitely spent some time here. Not only do you hear her confess that she had to learn how to talk to her husband, but listen out for how Rashad comments on her ability to listen to. This is a major skill to master, but notice every time you wanna say something, and then you hold your tongue and keep listening. There will be a time for you to speak. You will learn the wisdom of timing 
and the timing of wisdom as a wife. When it's time to speak, do so. When it's time to assert yourself and add your intuition to his direction, do so. But you'll spend more time listening than anything else. Because how can you develop anything meaningful to add in conversation and communication if you haven't processed any information or considered all the moving parts a man is charged to give you? Food for thought. Now, let's get back to me and Rashad. Yeah, I love that answer. See, this is what I love about you Muslims. Y'all be leading with the blackness. <laughs> I wasn't expecting for you to answer that way, but the minute you did, I was like, that makes sense. That makes sense. I absolutely love that black pride in your answer. What gave you pause or concern either about your partner or your relationship before coaching? And then just speak to us about how those things have improved or changed since. Uh, in the beginning, I was concerned about um, a rather uh, what I viewed as a perhaps an intense emotional reaction to um, things that I wasn't used to getting that kind of a reaction to. Um, and so navigating what triggers how to uh, uh, what what that meant for her having conversations that dealt with the serious, the weight of a relationship, uh, you know, dating someone whose focus is on getting married and not just dating for fun or just seeing what happens going with the flow. So that entailed having deep conversations that solidified, made sure that um, she was getting what she wanted out of the relationship and that she was going on the right path with someone who also was interested in marriage being better and so you know not always like compliments and what you're doing right but what how can we fix things which traits that I've learned through this you know kind of tangentially or uh, on the on the outside about masculine and feminine traits um and how our different traits some of them are were clashing and those that those are the things I was um concerned with. I would love to have you lean into that last one. What was what was clashing? What was causing the friction? What did you feel like you needed or she needed? Yes, I noticed early on that um, Ashanice was a, a little emotionally, my partner <laughs> closed off um, <laughs> emotionally and uh, physically and, and had a little bit of a, um, uh, I don't know if you want to call it a wall or mm -hmm. something like that. Um, and well, there was little toughness there. Um, and we clash as far as we've noticed that I have some principles, some um, characteristics that could be defined as feminine um, that that show up in and in in maybe not as, uh, in a way that is not typical of your standard masculine man. Mm -hmm. Perhaps Shani's had some masculine traits that showed up in a way that's maybe not typical of your, you know. So those things were were clashing at, at first. Me wanting to be uh, give direction uh, and get, getting pushed back. Let's pause, love bugs, one more again for lesson number three. Oftentimes in my coaching practice, I hear Black women say, 
that they want to be received by men in a certain way. And I hear that. Trust me, I do. I share the same sentiment. Assuming you're engaging with the man who is safe and righteous, remember that earned position, how you are received has more to do with the attitude you carry, the essence you embody, and how inviting you are as a woman. Originally, Shanice was cold and transactional, using her husband's language, but as she began to apply her self-work for the betterment of herself and her relationship, her attitude shifted, her behavior changed, and her emotional energy was more pleasant. Rashad spoke of her being guarded and tough. And while Black women may have a historical reason to present that way, I'd argue that it's exhausting. And we'd welcome the man who would cause us to not even think twice about being warm and inviting. Not for nothing, we also scream that we want emotionally available men, and rightfully so, but being guarded, jaded, and walled up isn't as emotionally available as you may think it is sometimes. I argue that Black women are probably more emotionally guarded than emotionally unavailable, but there is still some overlap there that we have to deal with, ladies. And if you need help there, listen, just book a call and we can get you squared away. But for now, listen to Shanice's response. He's so sweet because he was like, perhaps she has some masculine. (laughs) 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 Thank you. Shanice, was you trying to run a, run a relationship, girl? Ooh, don't ask me. Make you saw it have to lie, you know? <laughs> I think that's a good way um, to put it, Rashad, right? Like masculine and feminine energies, they're complementary. And I don't think that any one person comes with all of what it means to be one or the other. So it's just a matter of identifying what scenarios and situations, sometimes triggers, events, emotions, that will cause you to either present more masculine or more feminine. And then you all just understanding that, right? As two partners so that you know how to complement one another. I would not call I would not call my husband a feminine man. I definitely would describe him as a masculine man, but there are certain events, there are certain emotions, there are certain things that will draw out more of a feminine side. And when I see that, I'm like, all right, I gotta be a little bit more masculine. We both we both can't be feminine. We we ain't here crying. And we both can't be masculine at the same time. It's too much of a fight. Right? Like learning how to have that dance and knowing like this is this is who Shanice is, even if you know her base form. Yes, there are things she's doing to work on softening or more supporting. I know that was a buzzword you used a lot when I first met with you. But you know, her her socialization, her conditioning is this, and that's just what it is. She'll have to do work to do or be anything different and then um, vice versa for you. So I would like to go and uh, revisit December where I first met you. Were you nervous about meeting me? Um, I don't recall being nervous. Okay, good. Okay. <laughs> I'm glad you weren't nervous. Um, you were very open, very willing, you know, I sat right down and was ready to talk and get in there. I really 
appreciate that. Up until that point, I just had an idea of who Rashad was, right? I'm learning indirectly through Shani. So I really enjoy just Rashad, the man, the myth, the legend, you know, in the flesh. And do you remember our conversation? Yes, I, uh, vaguely. Vaguely. Um, I'm going to ask you to recall what you can. I want to see if the gym I'm looking for comes out. No pressure. Talk to me about, you know, why you agreed to meet with me. What were you hoping out of that conversation? And what did I ask you? Or how did you perceive me? I remember you being quite direct. Um, I, I, I think it might have been because that's how you are. It might have been because I think I know you guys are in a little bit of a rush. Mm -hmm. um, like getting to the point, but you were very clear and concise. Um, and you asked me questions about, uh, yeah, obviously about Shanice and um, any way, I think you asked me, is is there anything that I could tell you to help her, help me, help each other? It's kind of like <laughs> <laughs> something like that. Um, and I believe I was just saying that I I want to have that support, feel the, you know, that support. Um, I, I think we're, I was still going through a, some turmoil yeah uh, and uh Shani's giving it to me and levels and degrees and and um uh, I couldn't couldn't get enough of that support at that time love bugs let's pause for lesson number four I hope you are picking up on the fact that Rashad has a desire for support most men who want to be husbands or who are husbands will echo this sentiment this is not men being antiquated or of the 1950s. It's truly the way they are designed. Imagine being the protector, the provider, the leader. What would you need to feel a sense of belongingness and connection? Support, right? And some marriages, the woman or the wife is the breadwinner or the person doing most of the providing or the provision. But in that role, she would say the same thing. I need a little bit of support, right? So it's an energy, not necessarily a gender occupation. It's the idea that leaders are the ones willing to accept responsibility for the union or the family, and you're going to need support to do so. So if you've ever occupied a leadership role, you already know how important support is in it. Then imagine that in that role, you start experiencing hardship or some other turmoil. You're going to need more support than usual. Now, I do not usually teach women why this is valuable and how to start connecting and complimenting with men in this regard until they have a serious partner and are preparing for commitment. But if that's you and you know you need some help, please reach out. I can't express how vital it is to just ask for help if you know you need air help in a relationship area. Now, men need support or the leader, the provider, that main breadwinner needs support, but they need the right kind of support to actually develop and evolve into more stable and mature men. So it's more than just knowing they need support. You must be willing to extend it wisely, of course, and understand why they need it. But I'll give you a freebie now. Men should be regarded as people, as partners, and as husbands, if he's your husband, worthy of support, worthy of encouragement and appreciation. And if you cannot bring yourself to do that, just leave them alone. 
If you're messing with a man who you do not think is worth that from you, either let him go or start your road to repair and recovery if you can. So one of the questions that I had was, you know, what does this look like in the Muslim faith? What does the Muslim faith require of you as a man? What does it require of her as the woman? What does it require of marriage, um, right? So that I could help you not just center yourself and getting your needs met and designing a relationship that you would enjoy and want to be in, but also make sure I'm honoring your faith, right? Like what is it supposed to look like based on what it is that you two believe and want to practice together as a married couple? So talk to us a little bit about Muslim marriage. Why Muslim faith? Why that matter to you? What do men do? What do women do? What does marriage look like? Just give us the things if we if we don't know. Yes, um, well, I would say first that it's quite similar following closely to the uh, um, Old Testament. There's a leaning on each other. There's a protocol. There's um, you know a guidebook within the Quran that lets us know, okay, this is exactly what we need to do here. This is how we navigate um, the relationship. Um, and it's very, um, it's a, a great partnership. The main structure is that as a, as a man, it's my responsibility to make sure that I am showing up as a person who is following the will of Allah, who's spiritually aligned with my faith. And then if I show up that way, then my wife can follow suit. To do that, there comes um, a, a touch of uh, authority with the responsibility. And so as long as I'm doing my part, um, things should go smoothly. But, you know, that's that's the, on paper, so yeah. <laughs> it's written in the Quran like that. The real yeah. life look a little different, huh? Yeah, 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 yeah. Especially being newlyweds. Um, that's something that we are definitely growing into and is a journey for sure. Yeah, you're settling into marriage for sure. I would definitely say that's probably more of a Hebraic model, which has a lot of ties to some some elements of Muslim faith but also even the language and some of the and some of the culture and the customs right hebrew and um arabic are cousins you know on the language tree so to speak you spoke of this responsibility that you have as a man and i do see muslim leaders and muslim men and husbands and i guess there could be um radicals and people who are not up to par in any faith but overwhelmingly i see the men take on that stature, that responsibility in your faith. And you're like, listen, I have a responsibility. Allah says this, and if I'm doing what I'm supposed to be doing, everything else in my family and in my house assumes that order. I want to get back to Charlotte and the gas ordeal. You remember we were in a car? Um, yeah, a little bit on the way back or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah you want to get gas or yeah. like early on? And I was like, oh, let's wait until we get closer to the airport or something. Or I I was under the assumption that, uh, assumption that you weren't going to get gas at all. Well, I remember saying like, um, asking if you were going to get gas and you were like, no, we can make it. Okay, yeah, make, yeah. <laughs> and, it all, and then you're like, is that okay? And I was like, I ain't pushing. You right, yeah, that? I remember that, yeah. Yeah, and then afterwards I was like, wait, mm, I was like, and the, the type of, woman that I want to show up as like I probably should say I don't think I'd feel comfortable or I'd be like anxious the whole ride mm. if we didn't get gas right you remember that yes yes you remember what you said 
feel like what the action was getting gas. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. Well, yeah. okay. But your response was, well, I don't want to be the reason that you're anxious. Oh, okay. Y'all, y'all are demonstrating masculine and feminine right here. The man remembered the action, the woman remembered the words. Uh -huh. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, hello. <laughs> He's like, no, we got the gas. He's like, no, but what did you say? Do you remember what you say? <laughs> <laughs> the masculine and femininity lessons are paying off. Look at this. <laughs> One thing I would like to know from you, Rashad, is, you know, and speak to both men and women. I don't mind if you give a little bit more to the men since I know that's your identity and your, your population, but for both the men and women who are searching for their person or maybe who are already married, what would you tell them about your journey, your wife's journey with Match Mary Mate? Yes, um, I'm glad you asked because I have definitely noticed a shift um, in my wife's uh, demeanor and um, how she processed um, emotions, how she dealt with potential triggers seemed to shift into a more um, introspective uh accountable mm. way that made me it, you, there, there was a I, I remember a specific moment where I came home from work and instead of it kind of being like you know a uh, mechanical um kind of coldness but still loving vibe once I uh, um, came into her presence it was a very open and warm, accepting um, vibe that that I received, and from that moment on, um, that that kind of kept um, consistent um, to the you know to this point of being more of a flowing, warm, um, loving energy with 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 touching and um, receiving. Um, Mm. I know that that is a direct response, a di direct correlation to uh, her time with you, um, and then having conversations um, about that, that I was speaking about before in regards to myself, in regards to other men, about what we can kind of what we touched on before about masculine and feminine principles, and identifying the um, the the characteristics um, and then putting them in the proper place, and then doing the work of seeing how we can shift them or put more energy towards one and less to another so that we can have Yes. Enough. Let's pause love bugs for the last lesson of the episode. Lesson number five. Now I already gave you my two cents on the value of women processing their emotions and making sure that for the most part, we're sharing our processed and refined feelings and not the raw ones, but I want to lean into how Rashad reports about the shifts that happen when a woman, especially a wife, is more emotionally sound. For my clients, I continue to teach how women set the emotional temperature in romantic relationships. Yes, men are responsible for bringing enough quality for you to multiply in to thrive in but a woman has the true powers to create and invite peace or to birth all the drama and difficulty in the world keep that long enough and any man would check out 
So I want you to caution yourself, or better yet, I want to caution any woman who believes that it's your business to be tough and cold until a man comes along to make you be soft and feminine. Now, softness and femininity is not men's work, at least not the way most women mean it when they claim that soft lifestyles and that they need a masculine man to bring out their femininity. Women are soft and feminine because they choose to be, because they know to be, because they understand the value and power in womanliness, regardless of what men choose to do. Now, of course, the right man, and we've already spoke about that earned position, that uprightness, right? That developed man. So speaking in that regard, so that right man can have an impact on your softness and cause you to want to be even more warm and inviting than you are, than you usually are, right? And maybe be warm and inviting just to him. I can get that. But that's not the same thing as believing that it's your duty to be hard until a man gives you a reason to be soft. It just doesn't work that way. Think about it the other way around. What if a man said that he cannot be masculine? <laughs> oh, chuckle at it. What if he said, like, I cannot be a masculine man until I meet a woman soft enough to make my masculinity rise? You know, that that sounds a little weird. It sounds off. Sir, you're either an independent man or you're not. And I stress independence because there is an interdependence that develops in relationships that evolve a man from independence to interdependence. But the same for women, not so much her independence, though that can be there, but with her choice as the kind of woman she wants to be. It just doesn't require a man for you to choose to be the kind of woman you want to be. So ladies, what kind of woman do you want to be? It heavily dictates what kind of wife you will be and how your husband will sing his praises of you or not. Now, thankfully, my girl Shanice has already decided and the proof is in the pudding with her husband's praises. A man's feedback and how he experiences you is worth gold. As a woman, I can help shape you, mold you, prepare you, but I cannot tell you what it's like to experience you as a man. Only a man can do that. However, if you tell me what your experiences have been, I can get you where you want to be. So have some self-inventory here. Run the tape back and assess whether you like the feedback you've collected from men. If you like it and it's working for you, great. If you need help in an area, I got you. All right, let's finish up. So I remember one time you even left a IG post. I was like, who is this? <laughs> While there are men who will respond, it's sparingly. And I went to go follow, you know, the trend. I'm like, oh my God, it's a shot. <laughs> I love that IG post so much. Cause it, I mean, it matters to me, obviously that she sees a difference. She sees the impact. But it's extra special when the partner can say, oh, wow, like that work is paying off. So I really appreciate that. I just want to end with how's married life? How are you enjoying being a husband? What are some highs? I mean, you know, if there's a low in there, that's fine, too. But give us the deets. Overall, it's really great. Um, I I was when I went 
the first week or so of getting married, uh, I was talking to my brother and um, I was just telling him like, because he's been married, I was just like, is it weird that I love my wife more than, now that we're married than, you know? and it's just like, and then I told Shanice that and she's like, yeah, it's, you know, the security, it's the fact that, okay, we're, we're this official committed, we're in this together now. And part of that means going through the, the, the tough times, the obstacles. Uh, so there has been challenges, of course, as we're getting used to, uh, you know, putting our different personality types together. Um, and there, there's a, um, a, a, a strength, a, a, a tenacity or, a, you know, with that Shanice has, she's not just like a complete, you know, for lack of a better word, pushover, you know, yes. she has her, her, her principles and her um, things that she believes in and she won't just do whatever, you know, which, which is great, which forces me to be in a position to step my game up math-wise, husband-wise, like, okay, that means I have to be more uh, of a dominant presence in a, in a good way. Um, but yeah, I, I, I'm loving um, the marriage. I have a special story in my heart from you and Shanice's relationship. And we spoke about it before you joined us. We talk about it like girl talk, right? Cause it's just her and I, and we can do that. We will spare you from that. Still using, you know, discretion and just marital decorum. I just want to hear your response. <laughs> um, Shanice, tell me the prayer again, girl. Don't let me mess up the Muslim language. So I don't know how much of this you know, and I'm going to speak in high level terms in case we were having a sister girl talk that needs to stay there. But one of the tasks that I had for her in wife school, stepping into being a new wife and getting the marriage, you know, kind of on the right foot was the consummation of it. And I wanted to understand what that looked like in your faith so that, you know, we could be aligned there. And I'm sitting in session with Shanice and this chick tell me y'all got whole prayers. So I had her give me a quick little Muslim lesson so that I could understand it and then drive her to that, you know, that end because it mattered to me. I like to say in my practice, how you build a house is how it stands. And so it matters to me that a lot of the firsts in your marriage are happening on the foundation that you want them to happen on so that it can weather whatever should come in marriage as the years go by and be set up, you know, strong in that way. And so obviously consummation um, is one of those things. I'm like, your first time having sex with your man as your husband, or maybe your husband altogether, whatever y'all do. And this needs to be, you know, this needs to be special. So we kind of put together some things that um, I thought would be good for her to think about or try. She also inquired some other things of her community and between me, her community and just her own self and just knowing who you are, she put something together that she thought would be pleasant, enjoyable, what you all needed would get you off on the right foot. And she didn't already told me <laughs> what the what the skinny was. But I would just love to hear from you. How was the consummation act? <laughs> you know, I, I think it's kind of funny, the consummation act, I think is a little bit of like a microcosm of how we approach 
our marriage with the Islamic context. Mm. Um, so we, we have the intention to show up as Muslims in our marriage and to incorporate the Quranic aspects into our marriage. Still was a, a beautiful uh, moment and uh, a, a joyous event. It, it, it was great. And I think, you know, we're, we're adapting. We're, we're still, I almost feel like we're still consummating it in, in the, as far as like allowing ourselves to bring in the best aspects or, or potential new flavors that are uh, of a higher, coming from a higher place, like affirmative um, sexual intercourse. She has been a Muslim for about three or four years. About four years now, maybe four or five. Yeah, four, four years. Yes, yeah. um, and uh, uh, it, you know, in a in a traditional mm-hmm. way, and I've been a Muslim since I was, you know, like maybe sixteen. But coming from the Nation of Islam, and there's different um, emphasis put on each uh, um, community, um, and so th- th- we're both coming from a place of not being born and raised. And so the, we have, there's a lot of learning. There's a lot of learning still. You know, we we feel comfortable and, and confident in where we are. There's still more to learn, and that's a big part of another thing that I didn't mention um, as what I'm looking for in a partner, which I need to have, is, is the constant idea of self development, which is why she's um, seeked you out in the first place. Mm. Um, that was a, a great moment. I wanted to mention that she mentioned that. Oh, I want to, you know, seek someone who's a specialist in this area. And I was very um, happy that she was able to find someone like yourself specifically. And this is why I had to write something down when you put on that IG post, because there's a difference between someone who's a professional in the um, in this space and someone who takes into account the culture uh, that we're in. Um, being Black people, we have our traumas and stigmas. And if you don't take that into context, you're uh, doing a disservice, I believe, to, to you know, our people. And that's what, that's kind of the, where the nation, that ties into the, my side of the nation, bringing Islam to Black people while taking into account our traumas and layers and applying that in a way that can give us Islam while treating our unique wounds. And I think that's what you have done to Borshanis and, and my, by happenstance myself. Wow, that blessed me. I didn't know you was going to come through in the midnight hour like that. <laughs> oh, that was a beautiful answer. Thanks, thanks is great. <laughs> okay, so Rashad, are you ready to enter the special Sister to Brother Circle with me? Yes. All right. The Sister to Brother Circle is a quick but intimate round of prompts I'll feed you. You simply reply with the closest truth in your heart at the moment. You ready? What's your favorite word to describe Black men? Divine dominance. What's one affirming quality about Black women that you want them to know? Divine creators. At Match Mary Mate, we love Black men who are emotionally available. Tell me what that means for you in as few words as possible. Being open and vulnerable. Okay. 
Speak to a younger black man in this moment and gift him with one thing you wish you knew or realized 10 years ago. There is no such thing as impossible to a young black man. I'll say that. I love it. What's the greatest lesson you've learned so far about being married to a black woman? The juice is absolutely worth the squeeze. <laughs> Dang! Shanice, I knew you had a boo, but you got a boo! My man, my man, my man. Exactly. <laughs> okay, last but not least, what's the best advice you've received as a man? Listen first and react um, after listening with an open mind. Yeah. Thank you, Shanice. Thank you, Rashad, for spending your afternoon with me. We end every episode with thought or heart-provoking questions for your journal. Journaling is simply prayers on paper, and the Most High tends to those too. Dear listener, do you want to be married? Actually occupy the office of wife. Do you value men or even black men? If you're married, do you enjoy your role as a wife? How do couples who share their marriage stories help you? What are some skills you want to learn or improve either toward your marriage or inside of your marriage? And that marriage can be real or imagined. What did you learn from Shanice and Rashad's love story? It's okay to write about the blessings and the burdens. Pour it out into your journal today. Release yourself, free yourself, and most of all, be yourself. P.S. No woman is better at being you than you. If you're interested in my research interests or projects, or you want me to speak about it, or my dating and relationship coaching practice at your next event, you can reach me at hello at matchmarymate.com. Do not forget to download your episode 20 guide. If you're already on the Match Mary Mate subs list, it's in your inbox. To join, click the link in the show notes. Our next and final episode of the season is titled Her Inevitable Divorce, where our guest is teaching lessons learned about relationships, falling in love and marriage with 2020 hindsight vision. If you want to share some topics you'd like to hear on the show, please use the comments feature on this episode or shoot me an email at podcast at matchmarymate.com. Another thank you to Shanice and Rashad for spending time with me today and for sharing their marital insights with the Match Mary Mate audience. Today, I leave you with my favorite quote about marriage. Marriage resembles a pair of shears, so joined that they cannot be separated, often moving in opposite directions, yet always punishing anyone who comes between them. Thank you for joining me today and tuning into another episode of the Match Mary Mate Show. Until our next time together, love, light, and relationship. Remember, we grow as we go, and I'll be with you in the next episode. Cheers. Thank you.